Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Well, good morning. My name is uh, Tim McGee. I am the Associate Pastor for Disciple Making at First Baptist Church in Powell, and I am honored and privileged to be your speaker this morning as you all continue in this month of missions emphasis. What a joy it is for me to be here. I want to really express my appreciation to Pastor Joel for allowing me to come and for Clark for reaching out to me as well. And so this morning, I want us to spend some time in God's Word in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings. I'll give you a minute. If you need to use the table of contents, that's okay. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And for our text this morning, we're going to have a a pretty extended uh, bit of reading. uh, But it's necessary for us to get the full thrust of this text and what the Lord is teaching us and showing us here. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 24. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 24. And if you are able and would, please, let's stand for the reading of God's word this morning. After Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, mustered mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria as they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and the fourth part of a cab of of dove's dung for five shekels of silver. Now as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord will not help you, how shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? And the king asked her, What is your trouble? And she answered, This woman said to me, Give me your son and we may, that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. And so we boiled my son and ate him. And on the next day, I said to her, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. And when the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. Now he was passing by on the wall. And the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth beneath his body. And he said, May God do so to me, and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him, and now the king had dispatched a man from his presence. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Do you see how this murderer has, taken, uh, has sent to take it off my head? Look. When the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door fast against him. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he was still speaking with them, the messenger came down to him and said, This trouble is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? But Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, A say of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two says of barley for a shekel. And I at the gate of Samaria. Then the captain on whose hand the king leaned said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? 
But he said, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the, of the, of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If they say, let us enter the city and the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we, sh- we die also. So now, come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, no one was there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of the chariots of the horses and the sound of the great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of king, the kings of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come against us. And so they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And they came back and entered into another tent and carried off things from, from it and went and hid them. And they said to one another, we are not doing right This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The scene that is before us in God's word in in this book of 2 Kings, this ancient book of Israel, is a scene of desperation and despair. The Syrian army has descended upon the capital of the northern kingdom, Israel, Samaria. They have laid siege to the city. They have cut off all the sources of provisions to the capital city, and things are getting desperate. The enemy outside the wall of the city has ample supplies, and they have laid what is surely going to be a long and horrible siege. They're waiting either for the Israelites to surrender or simply to starve to death. Things had become so desperate that the head of a donkey was being sold for 34 ounces of silver and a cup of dove dung sold for two ounces of silver. It had gotten so bad that mothers were killing their own children and eating them. And King Jehoram is seen walking along the walls of the city uh, in great despair and weeping. But all is not lost. For there is a man of God, a prophet by the name of Elisha, and he has assured the king that the famine will end and that food will be so plenteous by the next day that it will sell at bargain prices. A royal officer of the king mocks Elisha and God, doubting the power of God. He thinks that even God cannot rescue this city in despair. Meanwhile, outside the city walls, we find another drama unfolding. Four men, four men with the disease of leprosy are are sitting beside the city walls, the gate. The enemy has been routed in the night. 
having heard what they thought were great armies marching upon them. Some scholars believe that perhaps what they heard was indeed an army, an army of angels. And yet we don't know the source. Ultimately, we do know that it was God who frightened away the enemies of his people. But only these lepers will know. In verse 9, we find the heart of this story that links it with the larger story of the Bible, the larger message of the Bible. Listen again. Then they said to one another, the lepers that is, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. This day is a day of good news. It's interesting. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, translated about 200 years before Christ, called the Septuagint, in that translation, the word used for good news is exactly the same word that would be used in the New Testament that we translate gospel. See, friend, isn't it interesting that in the Old Testament, the word is being used that for good news that would be the very same Greek word that would be used in the New Testament for gospel? It's almost as if this book has the same author, one author, God himself. See, friends, there, it is not by accident or incident that we find this story in our Bible. For God is teaching us here about a day, a day of salvation. He's teaching us about good news. And so this morning, I want us to take a few moments and think about why this is good news. Why was this day a day of good news? We're going to focus our thoughts around three things. First of all, we're going to see our need. Secondly, we're going to see God's grace. And finally, we'll end up by looking at our privilege. First of all, let's think about our need. In chapter 7, verse 3, we find these four men, these four leprous men who are sitting by the gate of the city. Now, these four lepers paint a picture. They provide a demonstration, if you will, of all people, of every one of us. They, they, they are a graphic illustration of the true condition of every human being. And you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Well, let me show you. First of all, I want you to notice the separation that they experienced. The separation they experienced. Leprosy had separated them from their family, from their friends, and from their God. In the book of Leviticus, we read these words. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear, uh, shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. He shall cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be, remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. See, the disease of leprosy was, was extremely contagious. And, and it was also very fearful because many people, once they contracted leprosy, would, would die. It would become fatal in their lives. And because of that, they were separated. They were separated from their family. They were separated from their friends. They were not allowed to worship in the temple. They were separated from God. Leprosy in the Bible provides for us a picture of what happens in every human's life because of sin. See, friend, sin separates us from God. 
The book of Habakkuk, the prophet would write of God that he has eyes that are purer than to see evil, that he cannot even look upon wrong. In Isaiah 64, 6, the prophet says of us that we have all become like one who is unclean. There's that word again. And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. The same prophet would write in Isaiah 59 too, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. These leprous men, because of their disease, had found themselves in a separated position from man and from God. And friend, this morning, because of our sin, because each and every one of us have sinned, we are separated from God. Secondly, notice the condemnation that they had experienced. See, the effects of leprosy often resulted in the death of the patient. Now, leprosy by its very nature affects the nervous system. And the patient often would suffer serious injuries without experiencing pain. And as a result, as a result, they could be seriously injured and, and, and there could be uh, serious infections would develop. These secondary issues, these injuries and infections would often lead to the death of the patient. In the same way, sin kills. Sin means certain death. Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 18, 4, the soul who sins shall die. And Paul says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. And dear friend, while not all men have leprosy, all of us are sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We find ourselves like these lepers, experience separation, experiencing condemnation. But there's more to this story. There's more to this story because as we continue to read this morning, we read in verse four that these men said, let us, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. Let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. See, God had spared their lives. Have you ever thought about this? God had spared the lives of these lepers to that day. Israel was under the just judgment of God. They had rebelled and gone into idolatry and had sinned against God. And God in his justice and holiness had declared his judgment upon those people. The, these lepers were just as guilty as anyone else in the city. They were under God's judgment. But it was God's mercy that allowed these lepers to stay alive. Friend, listen to me this morning. Every one of us here, every one of us here live and breathe and have our being because of the goodness and the mercy of God. He is a merciful God. It is his mercy that allowed them to live. God brought them to salvation. Have you thought about this? Everything, everything these lepers needed for life was only a few steps away. As they lay outside the gates of Samaria, a few steps away was the camp of the Syrians. It had been there all along. 
They, that, what they needed for life had been there all along, but they could not have it until God moved and opened the way. Do you see the goodness of God in this? These lepers were brought to the point of desperation. They resolved to surrender to the enemy. Death had already stared them in the face, and they had nothing to lose by going over to the Syrians. The same. The same is true for you and I. The Bible urges us to cast ourselves on God's mercy. Because of the sacrifice of Christ, we can experience the mercy of God. John the Baptist would cry out, flee God's wrath, cling to his mercy. Blessed are they who surrender to the Lord, who call on him for mercy. God, God surprised them that day. These lepers got up, they walked to the camp of the Syrians, fully expecting to be met by armed men, perhaps taken to their death. But what did they discover? They discovered not the enemy, they discovered the grace of God. Oh, the surprising grace of God. What a wonderful God. Surely, this is what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he wrote, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask, according to the power at work in us. And he wrote, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. John Newton, the hymn writer of days gone by, wrote these words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Oh, listen, friends. These lepers got to the right answer because they asked the right question. They got to the right answer in the right place because they asked the right question. They asked, why are we sitting here until we die? If you're here today and perhaps you're not a Christian, maybe you're not a follower of Christ, and you're, you're curious and wondering about what this Christianity is all about, let me pose that question to you in a little different way. Why are you not trusting in Christ today? My friend, you can experience true life. You can experience eternal life today. This day is a day of good news. It is good news because the one and only God who is holy made us in his image to know him. However, we sinned and we cut ourselves off from him. Yet in his great love, God became a man, a man named Jesus, who lived a perfect life, a life without sin, died on the cross, fulfilling the law, and taking upon himself the punishment of all who would repent and believe. He now, he, he rose from the dead, has ascended to heaven, showing that God had accepted his sacrifice and that God's wrath had been completely satisfied. He now calls you. And I, to repent of our sins, to trust in Christ alone for our forgiveness. Friend, if you repent, and if you trust in Christ, you are born again to new life, eternal life in Christ. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation.
If you're here this morning and you have never trusted in Christ, if you have never believing that gospel and, and are treasuring Christ as your Lord, I want to urge you this day to do so. Pastor Joel will be around, others on staff here. Many in this room would be more than happy to sit with you and, have, and speak with you after we close the service today. Please don't leave here this morning not knowing and treasuring and loving the Savior. Finally, the third thing I want you to notice in this text, not only do we see our need, not only do we see God's grace, but we see our privilege. Our privilege. Notice, first of all, the leper's privilege in the story. The lepers were forced to live outside the city gate. They were outcasts. They were kept apart from the city. They were half dead from hunger and disease. And as they approached the Syrians' encampment cautiously, expecting to be challenged, and to their surprise, they discovered the camp deserted. Now, I want you to know, these four men did what anyone would do. They went inside the tent. They, they filled their bellies with food. They, they got the spoils of war and hid them. But then, then there was a realization. They remembered that there was a city of starving people just over the hill, just a few steps away. There was more than enough for them and the people of Samaria. And how could they not tell the city? The logic is clear, and the action is obvious. They see it as their duty to inform the city that the enemy has left. So much so, the lepers concluded, if we are silent and wait, punishment will overtake us. See, ultimately, God would be glorified for what he had done. He alone was the source of life for the people of Samaria. What do we see here? We see in this story our privilege as believers. But we have a greater privilege because we have better news. We have news of a Savior who died on the cross in our stead. We have news of sin defeated, death vanquished, a risen Christ, and lives transformed. My friend, the need is great. There are many around us who day after day are slipping away in the spiritual death without the knowledge of God and his salvation. Statistics tell us that 157, 690 people will enter eternity today without Christ. Will you tell them? Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 10 that they will never hear unless we preach. Will you go? Will you go? Evangelism has been defined as one beggar telling another beggar that they found, where he found bread. So let's go. Let's tell them. Tell them simply and in your own words that the siege that has sucked life out of them and will destroy them has been broken by the power of God. And there is life to be found outside if only they will come and see. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this story that's more than a story. Thank you that it points us to Calvary. Thank you that it reminded us of our desperate need because of our sin. That we have all been separated from God and that we are under condemnation because of our sin. Thank you, O oh God, that it reminds us that you did not leave us hopeless and helpless. but That we have a Savior and by your grace, we can believe 
we can have life eternal through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, God, that is the privilege of every believer here to carry this good news to our neighbors and to the nations. Granted, O oh God, that we would have a passion, that we would love you so well, that we would love our neighbors, and that we would go and tell them of the good news. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.